everybody. Welcome to the One in Five podcast. We're all about rural health um, and rural America. And we've got a very interesting show today for you. Um, one that I think is going to open my eyes and give me some understanding. Um, Adam, why don't you... Uh, lead us in or tell well, us what's on your mind. We're, we're, ta- we're Brett Needens is here yeah. today. And I forgot and, to say our names. Yeah. So this is Abel Baker and That's I'm Adam, Adam Renshaw and this is Brett Needens. Everyone, Brett, thanks for, for joining us yeah, today. Um, so I, I don't think it gets more rural than a farmer. Um, so Brett is a local farmer here in Bighorn County, and um, we're going to chat with him today about his experience uh, walking through some of the real recent events. We also read an article sort of in preparation of this, and the article had a, a mental health focus or a behavioral health focus, um, which, you know, it, it ties in a little bit to, to, I think, Brett's experience. And so we're going to see that drawn out as we converse mm-hmm. about some of the things that he's gone through lately with um, increasing debt and plunging prices and worsening weather and uh, some of these sources of stress that can affect our local local farmers. And hopefully what's going to happen is this is going to shed some light into um, the experience. Yeah. The world of the, that, that you inhabit. It was Midwest farmers face a crisis. Hundreds are dying by suicide. And uh, this isn't necessarily about <clears throat> suicide, but you could imagine, uh, Brett, that that struck me because I don't think we hear about this. And um, I really appreciate you agreeing to just come and, as Adam said, um, what, what is your experience in relation to this pretty powerful article? If, we're, if I'm not a farmer, um, this, this article moved me. So what was your experience to this article? I, I think uh, <clears throat> a few of the things that um, surprised me that I learned was that, um, you know, uh, Farmers are three and a half times more likely to die by suicide than the than the next um, the next highest occupation, which uh, you know since farmers are a small group or one percent of the population of the country feeding you know the majority of the people in this country, so I think um, y- you know it doesn't take a lot of it doesn't take a lot of suicides even though they say hundreds, um, you know nationally that doesn't sound like a large number but we're a small population and I think it speaks to the you know to the to the stress. That you know that is that is inherent with the occupation. Yeah. So this article pointed out 450 farmers killed themselves. Watch this across nine Midwest states. That's just nine states in this country. I mean, that's a big one percent of the population. Yeah, and it also pointed out that some of the states um, don't keep really good statistics. Exactly. So (laughs) they really couldn't, you know, they could only include a a few states uh, right in the middle, in the heart of uh, ag country that do keep statistics. So, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, it's a a small glimpse, right? It it didn't include, obviously, um, Montana. Montana wasn't even in it. Yeah, yeah. that are even more rural, really. Yeah. Um, So... All these years, I was under the impression, and I, I kind of heard it as a joke, and I, it's it's really not a joke. But um, the 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 occupation that's most likely to commit suicide, I heard, were accountants, and this very clearly states that that's not true. 
it's actually farmers. Farmers have the highest suicide rate uh, over any other occupation. So that's heavy. I mean, that's really heavy stuff. So the, the, can I share a couple of portions from this and maybe you've got them too, um, that, that were interesting to me that where, where the stress comes from. I know in, in my world where stress comes from, um, I've, we've all talked about those things and you know, you've been curious about like, what is that like, or, you know, and and this, this particular thing here kind of hit me. It says when your farm doesn't succeed, and this is a quote from uh, Ty Higgins in the article, when your farm doesn't succeed or you have to sell off some property, not only are you letting you and your family down, you're letting your family legacy down, said Ty Higgins, spokesman for the Ohio Farm Bureau. And then he goes, my great grandpa started this farm and now I'm the one that's causing it to cease. Boy, that's a tough thought, but a lot of farmers are going through that right now. Hey, Brett, how long's your farm been in your family? Uh, so it started with my great grandpa right around the turn of the century. So I'm basically would be fourth. Fourth generation, and just my, like this you know, gentleman. My son would be fifth generation. Wow. Uh, so, I mean, there's definitely, when you get in the Midwest, some of those farms go back a couple more generations. They were homesteaded a little earlier. But, uh, you know, I, you know, it, it points to a couple things. Adam, you brought those up earlier when we were talking that, you know, yes, there's weather and there's low prices. There, there's there's other issues. But to me, it's it. I think the majority of people I talk to feel that stress every day because, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of history. Um, sometimes it's heavy. Sometimes it's rewarding. I know, you know, sometimes I, I get a lot of um, I get a lot of enjoyment knowing I'm working in the same fields that my dad did and my grandpa did because I've got memories in uh, every single field I go to. Every single field, I've got memories in a certain spot. I mean, I stand in a certain spot that we ate lunch or we we were irrigating or we were scouting fields. So um, it's that constant reminder. I I know when my dad passed away in 2008, I always said, man, I, I wish I lived five states away and I could come home and bury my dad be here for a week mm, and then leave and, then and get leave. out of it because now i have to dwell on this and live in it mm. and it was that was really hard to overcome because uh you know it's like you can't have it both ways you i i couldn't have had the relationship i had with my father for sure uh working with him every day and then um had the be separated from the grief be separated from the grief right. and not have to live and dwell in it and i think that's that, that's a part <clears throat> that you know that that alone uh, is, a, is a part that you're, you're not only, um, it's not up to you for the success of, in the continuation of the farm, but it's also um, that you're, you're working in the exact same spots, doing the exact same things mm-hmm. that, that your parents, your grandparents, your mm. great-grandparents did. And, and you hopefully know, your kids, man. Yeah, and, and hopefully your kids, you're right. And so I, I think for me, that, that, is a, that is an issue that is uh, overreaching and looming all the time. It's definitely something that, uh, you know, cause uh, you can have, you can deal with, I can deal with bad weather when prices are good. When I'm paying my bills, it's not a you know, I can deal with a hailstorm or a wind event or uh, excess moisture drought. You know, those things, farmers have been dealing with those forever. Sure. And I, wouldn't, I mean, it's part of the job. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't consider myself a farmer if I couldn't deal with those things. But I think it's, uh, you know, that, that overall burden and weight of, um, of, you know, the, the legacy of your farm. That's interesting. Cause when I read the article, that legacy 
piece stuck out to me as well. But for some reason in my mind, I thought that that's the the least that would be the least source of stress uh, other than the debt and the and the prices and the weather. So thanks for sharing that because my mindset was way off on this. Mm-hmm. Um, all, the the outside circumstances are not as important as what you're dealing with when you're dealing with legacy, family, and the inside stuff. Yeah, you know, and that's just you know my personal my personal feelings. I mean, uh, it takes a lot of money to to farm. Uh, it's a very cash intensive business, and so um, you know maybe those uh, those those different issues can be more stressful in a different situation for different farmers. But I know for me. Um, yeah, the, the, the debts there, the commodity prices fluctuate. I mean, th- those things are, are inherent with the job that I chose to do. Sure. But it's, it is that legacy. I, um, it, that's it, awesome. It's pieces of equipment. You know, that's why uh, um, tractor memorabilia and uh, tractor refurbishing, it's such a huge, huge part. And you can just see as um, the different pieces that become more and more popular, there's shows on television about, um, you know, uh, you know, making old tractors new again, refurbishing tractors. And it, it all has to do with, you know, relating to this is, you know, the tractor that nostalgia is the tractor. My grandpa taught me how to drive on, you know, for sure. So that uh, nostalgic piece. Yep, yep, yeah. For me, I think I'm, and I think it's not that other occupations are immune from that. Uh, I'm sure if your dad had a mechanic shop or your great grandpa or, or a car dealership, or if it was a, you know, um, you know, a, a law practice or something like that, I, I'm sure there is some of that, in sure. those two, but I just think it's um, it, it's not to the same extent yeah. as it is in agriculture. And and I know, you know, uh, the, the disappointment, you know, the fact that, you, that it, this may cease, as the article says, that this may end with me, is uh, is the thing that weighs really heavy on a lot of folks. That's a heavy load, yeah, yep. it is. It's um, it's a what I guess I should say are ways that farmers are together in, in, in ways that are, that relieve some of that. Is there anything like that in your community where it's like this, this is a necessary part of dealing with the stress that maybe we, um, who, who, who aren't in that world, um, don't see, like, how do you support one another? Well, uh, I think if we point back to the article, they talked about, um, Husker harvest days, <clears throat> which is one of the largest shows in the, um, I can't think of the other one. It's huge. They talk about it all the time. But uh, so they've um, set up booths, handed out cards, and and they've talked about how they reach farmers by, um, you know, farmers, ranchers are, you know, rugged individualism usually mm-hmm. uh, encompasses a lot of those folks. And and uh, to go up and say that you're, you're you know, you have a, a mental problem or try and classify it as something that has a stigmatism to it, mm-hmm. I know... Um, really turns people away. But in the article, it talks about stress. And I think you can get any farmer to talk about the stress they're under. And it's the stress that maybe leads to the depression, yeah. I guess. I, I'm not an expert there. But, uh, you know, the article, um, you know, who's talked to some psychologists along the way, said that they've made much better inroads talking about how the stresses of farming, um, you know, can, can lead to some of these problems. And I, I think that's a, that's a smart thing because it's a, it's a easier door, easier gap to bridge to get to talk to people. So, so uh, we've got that, um, more locally, I think, um, even, uh, 
even 70, 80-year-old farmers who are at the end of their career all the way down to, you know, um, kids that just out of high school or college that are coming in. I really think um, if it's not social media, which there is a big social media presence in ag Twitter and there's um, like on Facebook, I'm on a, a wheat country Facebook page where people share thoughts and ideas. So I think social media can play a part in making you, making you feel, uh, understand that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hadn't thought <laughs> about that. But the other oh. thing is, is uh, <clears throat> just, just being able to text and call people on a okay. cell phone. I mean, it's not that long ago where you went out and worked and you may not, I mean, if you saw your neighbor or, you know, uh, during the day, if, you know, farmers, you go out work all day and not talk to anybody. That'd be the only a, contact you had. You sit in a yeah. tractor by yourself all day, maybe. Or and, and well, how many times if we had a conversation? Yeah. And I'm maybe in my office, and you're, I can hear the, the alarms going off, yeah. and I know you're in your tractor. I mean, yep. that that there is, uh, that's pretty cool. Well, enable. You've told me. Um, not specifics, but that you frequently, as a pastor, mm-hmm. are able to go out with some of your congregants and ride around in the tractor so with them. So growing up in a logging community, you do that, right? But it's so different with farmers because they, 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 there's such automated stuff sure. that the conversation's different. Like, like it's an office space. I mean, sometimes you guys have quite quite a heavy set of equipment on, and but uh, it. That was kind of striking, you know, because log trucks are in in Canada that was on ice roads and we're going like 50 miles an hour. And hmm. the conversation wasn't wasn't as deep here. We're sharing songs. Sure. Um, yeah, that's, that, that's got to be nice, that. though. Right. I mean, to be able to have your pastor come and Yeah, and it is. I mean, automation in agriculture have made a lot of things um, better. But at the same time, you know, the, the more efficient you get the more you have to produce, uh, you get more efficient, but you have to be more efficient to yeah. produce enough to, you know, so it, it, sure. I think in a certain way it, it, it sometimes adds stress because we become really efficient that the margins get razor thin and we got to, and we got to produce a lot. Sure. Um, Can you give time, us an example of that, Brett? Give it, because I think, I think people listening could identify with that, that efficiency razor there of the expectation of, or, that adjusts everything. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's, uh, you can just do more with less. And and as, as farmers can produce more crops with less labor and less inputs and less water, um, it only drives margins tighter and tighter and tighter because yeah. we can produce more. And, uh, you know, then there's a whole global aspect of trade and, and a lot of those things that get really deep and have been tried okay. been solved by a lot of politicians for a lot of years. But, um, you know, I, I think, uh, we have really nice equipment that allows us to get on a cell phone call or, um, have our kids come with us now. I mean, you know, tractors are nice. There's extra seats in them, which are, mm-hmm. you know, for training purposes only, but sometimes for babysitting <laughs> <laughs> just as long as, you know, you know, uh, you don't, you don't tell anybody that, but it's uh, you can bring your dog too. Yeah, right? you can. But yeah, you, know, you know, a lot of you, you've seen that. You know, the tractors go by. A lot mm-hmm. of farmers and ranchers have their dogs with them. So, um, yeah, those things didn't happen. So there's a lot of there a lot of things to keep people's minds occupied and to just. Um, but with it, not being lonely. Yeah, but with it comes stress in new ways. Yeah, it, in different ways. Yep, different amounts of stress. You know, um, if you look back, you know, probably even up to. 
60, 70 years ago, which, you know, is, is I guess is a while ago, but it's, you know, more, not, not that long ago. Um, you know, farming was still in a, is, was in a much more, um, uh, place where you were just, um, self-sustaining. Mm. You produced enough to eat you sold a little bit, right? You sold enough grain to buy clothes and, you know, you had your chickens, your hogs, your pigs, and, you know, uh, you raised feed for your animals. And, and so that has kind of went away to a much more production based or, okay. or okay. production agriculture where, you know, you, you've got inputs and large operating notes and things like that. So, um, maybe we're not as lonely. We're much more connected now than ever. But at the same time, I think there's more um, stress from our production side. Okay. That's good to know. Being on top of those best practices and technologies would stress me out. For sure. Well, you do well with tech, dude. Um, with this farming stuff, I mean, like, this, the when they're talking, I mean, I was introduced to something yesterday with uh, you, or a couple of days ago with you and your brother, and I'm watching... I'm, I'm watching how they've had to learn it and, and work through it and all of that for the efficiency aspect. Yeah, that can be true. So what I'm hearing you say is it's like the connection piece is better now. You're more connected yeah. to people in your community, to people in the ag community, maybe even people in your faith community. But there's other things that are driving this stress, yeah. uh, razor, sharp margins mm -hmm. and having to learn new technology and equipment. Is there anything else that you can think of off the top of your head? Mm. And the reason why I ask is because I think this is really helpful, uh, particularly to maybe some of our listeners who feel that they can't talk about this stuff. You know, you brought up at the beginning of this, make the conversation about stress, not about mental health, because we can all relate to stress. Yes. Yeah. And so those are two things that you just brought up that I, I can't necessarily relate to not being a farmer, but I know people who are watching and mm -hmm. listening can relate to. And you can definitely rate, uh, relate to being stressed. Absolutely. You know, and it's just that different type of stress. Uh, you know, I've had advice from lots of people over the years and, you know, uh, you know, people say in farm, you know, you know, there's your, your, the work's never done on a farm. Where, I mean, you, in a lot of other jobs, you can reach a sense of completion. And in agriculture, it's just this continuous cycle. Yeah. So, that, know, does that bring stress? It, it does. That would stress me out. You know, you know what's crazy to me? I, uh, this is crazy. My brother and I talk about this all the time. But uh, if, we have a really, if we have a really wet year, then I get stressed that the next year is going to be dry. <laughs> and if we have a really dry year, I'll say, well... <laughs> What's to say it can't be dry two years in a row? <laughs> <laughs> I love this. <laughs> You're the glass half empty guy. <laughs> well, I mean, not, not necessarily. Oh, I could find stress in anything. But, uh, I, I think uh, farmers, me. farmers in general can. Sure, you know, sure. Did not go, how's it going, man? Sure. And cause it, because there's better ways to ask questions to them. But I think one of the things that's caught me uh, in the last five, six years is um, in my Line of work, I feel like you're not necessarily ever at the end of the day going, okay, I got everything done. I got this and yeah. this done. And uh, when I find myself maybe talking about that, Brett will say that. But a couple of days ago, I went out and, you know, he's there doing pumps and replacing this. And, and I just really felt that you're going to go home at the end of the night and you got pumps somewhere else and you've got this somewhere else. And the whole thing is like never done. Yeah, that's stress for me. That, so. Same here. Like, so, I appreciate you. so the way I deal with stuff, I'm really task oriented, right? So it's like, here's a task. 
here's the start, here's the end. And then I can go relax, then I can go chill. Like I judge my work day based on how productive I was yes, this day. Right. In fact, my wife, she rarely asks me, how was your day anymore? She'll say, how productive was your day yeah. today? Because she knows that's what affects me the most. Yeah. So this never ending cycle of like, there's always something to do. And at some point you just have to punch out mm. and go to bed <laughs> because the day's over and you're just waking yeah. up to the same problems the next day. Like I, that's hard to deal with. You know, and, and, uh, you know, just to be honest, my, my family's dealt with this. I mean, we've we've talked about mental health. We we haven't shied away from it. Um, you know, I've got several several family members that have for years talked to their doctor about it, and and I know, um, I've been lucky enough to have some some really good family practice doctors. Doctor Ostahowski was my doctor for years, and and Kim Caprada, and uh, you know, they make it a point. They know I'm a farmer, for sure. And they make it a point to ask about my mental health, and we have good conversations about it. And um, very cool. To yeah, hear that. I, so, so I mean, I'm I'm lucky to live in a community that I I am seeing doctors that that know me, know my occupation, and and, and you know, they're obviously educated too. Yeah, because they know to ask me and we have good conversations about it. And, and I'm lucky enough that um, I go, I have a yearly checkup every year. I don't go to the doctor in the summertime. I'm very busy. Absolutely. But my appointments are always in the winter. I always do my yearly checkups over winter and winter time is hard. I always say I'm powered mm. by the sun, but when it's 4.30 and the sun's going down, yeah, for it's sure. 7.30 before you can kind of see any light out and nothing is growing and you're trying to plan for the next year and you start to you know put your budget together how much money you're spending for me that's the hardest time because mm. I, I i don't get my tasks done you know a lot oftentimes i think i wish i could just go do one hour worth of work right now in the winter um if i could work from uh six to seven o'clock at night instead of having to work till 10 o'clock at night mm. in the summer um and so that's you know that's the other part where you can kind of, um, you can pace yourself in a, in, in a lot of different jobs. Yeah. But in farming, you have this downtime, which is uh, in darkness because it's winter and it's cold and things aren't alive and growing. And, That's right. you know, there's nothing like seeing the, uh, you listen to the 790, the ag radio, it says the first shoots of wheat in the spring or the first newborn calf. I mean, that's what farmers and ranchers mm -hmm. are, are programmed for, to Living see new life. For, yeah. That, that's yeah. to see new life. So wintertime gets very hard. And um, I know I've been very lucky to have um, physicians that, that, have, that, have looked, that have absolutely made it a point to, to talk about it with me. And since I've started talking about it as, at a young age, I, I don't feel any stigmatism. Sure, about it. sure. That's great. I, I like, like Abel's always said, it, you know, it's, if you have a broken arm, it's no different than have a broken arm. If you're Correct. suffering from depression or stress, uh, you know, it Gotta needs to be treated right. or, or, or you need to have somebody to talk to. That's where, like I said, maybe the mm -hmm. uh, social media makes your world feel a little bigger. And farmer can, farmers and ranchers can f share their success and their failures online. And that always helps um, uh, bring a little camaraderie. Sure. And, and it oh, makes yeah. people realize that you're not alone you're not because alone. it's really yeah. easy to feel like you're, al you're, you're alone. You know, I mean, you bring up a really good point and, and I wanted to just touch on this before we end, cause I know we're close um, to time here, but um, I just wanted to say one of the things that this article pointed out was that rural, com rural counties and rural communities have fewer mental health professionals. Um, in fact, in Iowa, in the rural counties, it's 5,668 people to one mental health professional. In South Dakota, it's 
2507 to one mental health professional. That's people to uh, available staff to mm. deal with those people. And I think one of the real positive things about our community is we have a very strong emphasis on behavioral health providers mm. and uh, access yep. to them. You're your primary care physicians mm -hmm. were aware of that and we're treating that with you. We have uh, behavioral health professionals at Bighorn Valley Health Center. What a, what a blessing it Bighorn is. Valley has been just to, to bring. Um, those statistics I don't think are gonna ring true here because we've got such a robust uh, um, healthcare, whether it, let it be physical or mental health yes. um, in our county. I mean, I think it's we've got a great hospital, clinic and Bighorn Valley, I, I, I think we feel pretty fortunate to have, I mean, I listened to the podcast that you guys did with Christy Gattrell. Yeah, it was really um, That was really great information. It was, yeah. it was great to listen to her and the things they're doing. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a blessing. We do mm -hmm. have, we are not underserved. Yeah. We are not. <laughs> uh, you, know, you know, it's there. Health, help, uh, help is there. And um, you know, I, I just would hope that anybody who, who is having a, a problem doesn't hesitate to reach out because we are fortunate enough to have it there. Agreed. So as we, as we wrap up, let me ask you just, just something to send us off on. What's your happiest uh, time of year? What's your happiest day? I mean, as a farmer, the thing that you just long for that you yeah, harvest, you it? know, I, I, yeah. What's that like? Uh, I think harvest is the best time just because it's, it's like, um, I think it's, it's like, you know, anybody gets to that point where you're, you know, reaping the benefits or reaping the reward of your labors. Okay. And so it can be really satisfying, satisfying. I mean, I know harvest can be very stressful if you have a poor crop, but uh, I think the, the thing about harvest, one of the things that makes harvest um, really rewarding is, is for me and in a family farm is um, at different times during the year, I may be very busy, but my family's maybe not so much involved. They're more focused on school and mm -hmm. our kids. And uh, when harvest times come, when harvest time comes, it's all hands on deck. I get to work with my, mm. I get to work with mm. a lot of family members. And, um, you know, I think that's why we choose this lifestyle. I think a lot of farmers and ranchers do choose it because of family and the, you know, the, the relationship that we can build. And oh, so that's awesome. one thing that's neat about harvest is, you know, it okay. really gives you, I just, I just told Holly two days ago, we were talking and I said, um, I feel like, uh, you know, we've had this, um, extended summer break now, uh, that, you know, will my son who is very involved in, in our, in our harvest, uh, we had this extended break and I feel like uh, I've been out working, but he hasn't been so involved. I've been doing things like spraying mm -hmm. and stuff where I can't, can't really take him along. And I just told, uh, I, I was telling my brother this, not my wife. I said, I can't wait until we get to be harvesting when our and our sons are out working <laughs> because sometimes, uh, safety is a big issue and our kids cannot be with us all the time. For uh, sure. We're operating certain pieces of machinery. It's not safe for them to be with us. And um, they're out being kids, and I, you know I want to make sure I afford my children that opportunity to go out and be kids too. Mm -hmm. But I also want to teach them the value of working and Absolutely. working with their dad. So uh, yeah. and know, that's to, why it's my favorite. I got time. to see that it wasn't harvest, but I got to see that firsthand when uh, little Will's got his little minnows and the and the, and his uh, you know. Um, your, your brother's kids and they're trying to yeah. and they're out there fishing with these minnows that they get to be kids right now yeah, that's good cool. yeah, they get to be kids but uh, you know in a month he's going to have a responsibility 
That's right. You know, yeah. he's going to have responsibility. And mm -hmm. so uh, I love that, that, that cool. my kids get to have some responsibility and um, they know that they're needed. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's all about uh, fostering, uh, fostering an environment where their mental health is good too. Absolutely. I, I've got an I've got a, um, obligation to do that for my children too. So, yeah. Well, Brett, thanks so much, man, for coming on. And uh, if you need to talk to somebody, please reach out. Anyone at the Hardin Clinic, uh, the Bighorn Hospital Association, Bighorn Valley Health Center would love to chat with you. Um, this is the one in five podcast video cast we are sure glad that you joined us today and if you would like to reach us if you have any questions or comments please abel what's that email address it's, uh the one number one the one in five number five podcast at icloud.com if you have any questions for brett us or you want to um, just make a comment, please. Love to hear from you and uh, have a rural, healthy day.